Hi everyone, and welcome back to the C3 Queanbeyan podcast. This week, we had the pleasure of listening to the message to the movement for 2024 from Pastor Phil Pringle, an amazing speaker and leader and founder of the C3 Church movement, Pastor Phil inspires us as we start this new year and brings the Bible to life as he illustrates what it means for us to be truly blessed. So listen as Pastor Phil sews together passages from Ephesians, through the Psalms, and into the miracles of Jesus in the New Testament, and head into this year with a new way to see the situations that you might be faced with. Well, here we are in 2024, and I'm so excited to be sharing with you a word that I feel on my heart that this year is going to reflect in all kinds of ways. It is that you're blessed. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 1 verse 3, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, in the heavenly places in Christ. Wow, identity, you know, it's a big issue today. Apparently we can identify as just about whatever we like. Cancel culture, it's also a pretty serious thing. If we don't wanna accept something in our history or in our present, we just say it's not there and we cancel it. Well, today I identify as blessed and I cancel all the curses ever put on me in Jesus' name. I identify as a highly favoured person and cancel every effect of every weapon ever formed against me. I identify as healed, knowing that all sickness has been cancelled. I identify as set free and every design of the devil against me has been neutralised and every demon cancelled in its power against me. This verse is there so you and I can identify as blessed people. You're blessed. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing there is. And you're blessed with the highest of blessings, the richest of blessings, the deepest of blessings that God can deliver. And He's done it through Jesus Christ, His Son, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on your life has brought you into this incredibly blessed position in the heavenly places. In the Old Testament, the priests were commanded to bless the people. And this is how they said it. Number six, verse 23, God said to to Moses, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, this is the way you will bless the children of Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you. And I'm saying this to you today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance on you and give you peace. Obviously in the New Testament, the greatest blessing we have is Jesus Himself. Without Him, we have no hope. Without Him, we have no healing. We have no purpose in life. He is the original meaning of life. In John 1 where it says, In the beginning was the Word, that word literally can be rendered and translated meaning. So basically in the beginning was the meaning and the meaning was with God and the meaning was God. And the meaning became flesh, we're told a little later on, and that was Jesus. So for you and me, sometimes wonder what what is the meaning of my life? What's the meaning of life? Well, it's discovered in Jesus. 
As soon as I discovered Christ, I discovered the meaning of my life. I discovered why I was here. And that is the deepest ache in the soul of every human being on earth. Why am I here? What is this all about? And when you discover Jesus, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when you discover Him, you discover the way, the pathway of living. You discover energy, what gives you eternal life. You discover this path of life that leads you into truth so that you know what it's all about. There is only ever one truth. There can be many thousands of lies. But Jesus Christ Himself is the way, the truth, and the life. This blessing that Paul speaks of is just not about Old Testament realities. He wasn't referring back to then. He's saying right here and now, you can enjoy the blessing of God. Now, for a Jewish person, thinking back into the Old Testament, the blessings were pretty much all physical. They were farmers. The blessing of God meant the rains came at the right time. Their, their flocks reproduced abundantly. Their crops grew. The sun shone when it should. And they found themselves reaping great fortunes through their agriculture. They all had enemies and they'd have enemies on the right and on the left, always trying to oppress them or take over their land or steal their crops, etc., and try and tax them to earn income for their, for their own coffers. But in Israel's mind, it was victory in that area meant the blessing of God was on them. And so when they forsook the Lord, they found that that blessing disappeared. But when they followed Christ, when they honoured God and they worshipped Him and threw out all their false gods, they found that blessing came back on their life. Now in the New Testament, it's not like God says, well, no more physical blessing for you. We're only going for spiritual blessings. It is inevitable that if you en encounter blessing in a supernatural spiritual arena, it's going to ma materialise in your physical life, in your circumstances, in your work. And so listen to some of these blessings that God announced on the people in the Old Testament that we can anticipate in the new. Because when we received Jesus Christ, we were imputed with righteousness from God in heaven. The same perfect life that Jesus lived is imputed to your account. And so all of the blessings that God has are going to fall on your life because you're in Christ. That doesn't mean that we, we do nothing and we just sit back and wait for them. You actually need you and I to appropriate those blessings, believing that we're in Christ, that we're walking in Him and that we have a relationship with Him. And out of that he becomes more important than anything that could happen in our life. So whether we enjoy physical blessing, circumstantial blessing, whether we're healthy or not, our relationships are good or not, we have Jesus and that supersedes everything. Inevitably, because we have Him at the center, the blessing flows out into all those areas of our living so that whatever we put our hand to, we'll find us blessed. The, the essence of blessing is that with, with, with a little effort and with inadequacies in our own life and with shortcomings in ourselves, we can still step out and find our work being blessed. The opposite is true of a curse. We might be the best at everything and, and put enormous effort into and spend enormous amounts of money on something and it doesn't work. 
And so there are blessings and cursings in this life. Happily, when Jesus died, He took all the curses that have ever been announced against us and nailed them to the cross to make way for the blessing of God to rest on your life. These are the blessings that Moses spoke of to the people of Israel. He said, now it shall come to pass if you obey the voice of the Lord, observe carefully all of His commands which I command you, that the Lord will set you high. In verse 2, he says, these blessings will come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on your storehouses and in all which you set your hand to. And He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. There's There's a lot of things that happen in our world that are tragic. And if we keep our mind on those, we're going to find ourselves in a very negative frame of thinking. And we can begin to question, what's going on, God? If, if you're so powerful, why aren't you doing something? How can you let all these floods and troubles and earthquakes happen around the world? I, I mean, that would be the most common reaction to people who have not met the Lord. Why, if God is so powerful and loving, why does all this take place? Why isn't there no suffering on earth? Why is there... Why isn't there just a a Disneyland life for everybody? Well, the fact is God has put planet Earth stewardship in our hands and we will give an account to God for the way that we've lived, things that we've let happen, the things that we've done. And if we have received Christ into our life, He forgives us all of our sins so that we stand before God cleansed, washed, holy and pure before the Lord because we're not relying on our own efforts but on the imparted life of Jesus Christ. And all that happens in the earth, you and I are to bring Christ the answer into it. We're to bring uh, people's eyes on Jesus. They said, if you look at Him, you're going to find that healing flows into your body. And so when you and I point our hearts towards God in heaven, not to the troubles on earth, and we start to believe in Him, even though we may not understand the reasons why, There are so many negative circumstances on earth. We do know how to bring answers. We do know how to bring Christ into people's lives. We do know how to bring the Holy Spirit and the comfort of God from heaven to actually resolve the questions that ache deep inside some some of our hearts. Some things we're never going to understand. And that is when we move our gear stick into into the gear of trust in our hearts and we start to trust the Lord rather than accuse Him. We bless Him rather than blame Him. And that is what Paul does in Ephesians 1 verse 3, where he says, blessed be God who has blessed us. He he makes the blessing that has fallen on his life a reason for him to actually begin praising the Lord. It's much like Psalm 103 verse 1 to 5, where David says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And that's what we need to do when we are finding ourselves in negatives. 
when we're feeling down, when we're feeling a little depressed or discouraged, speak to ourselves, say, bless the Lord. Don't you get shy on me, like that song says. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I mean, this is one of the greatest Psalms in all the Bible. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. As soon as we begin to worship and bless God, we're going to see the world through a different perspective, through a different set of eyes. We will start to see the goodness of God manifesting in the world, the answers and the solutions rather than the problems. And we've got so many things in the world today that are in trouble that if we meditate on them and just get angry about them and, and we start to get bitter or cynical, we will find ourselves becoming part of the problem instead of part of the answer. We need to rise above it and bring joy, peace, love, real help into real situations. And we will find ourselves being like a river of life to so many of these people. Our churches are involved in so many situations around the world, which I'm so proud of and so blessed with to see them reaching out to meet the needs of many, many lives in all sorts of circumstances. And then the psalmist says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. If we focus on the negatives, it makes us forget the benefits. But it's saying, don't forget, call them to mind. I have found that negative things don't need an invitation to take over our thinking or our emotions. They just come in and swamp us. But I've found that the positive perspective, a positive emotion, faith in my spirit, that doesn't come just on its own. I actually have to intentionally initiate those things in my life. So I've swing my mind onto scripture like this. I swing my emotions around to conform to the Holy Spirit's attitudes. And I get my spirit, I find the switch of faith and I switch out and say, I believe God. We're gonna see great things come about in this circumstance. And so he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So good. Okay, so let me take us to a story in Luke 17, verse 12. It says, as he entered a certain village, this is Jesus, he met 10, they met him 10 men who were lepers, stood afar off. Leprosy is a type of sin. It's a, it's a symbol of sin in the Bible. And, and so because of sin, they found themselves standing afar off from other people and from Jesus. They had to stay 100 metres away. That was the rule. They, people were very nervous about leprosy because it was so contagious. And they had to ring a bell or wear a sign. They lived in a pit where people would throw food down to them. But sometimes if they heard about something like Jesus, they climbed out and these 10 all got together and they lifted up their voices in verse 13. And it says, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. Such an act of faith. Because you only went to the priests once you were healed. If you were set free from your leprosy, then you could, you could go to the priest. But they weren't set free when they started their journey down to the temple. As they went, it says, so as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. When we step out in faith, it can seem like the first step, nothing at all happened. There may be even opposition. Take another step, 
still a opposition, still nothing happening. I wonder how many steps they took before they, they started feeling that tingling, warm sensation of healing going through their body. Ten of them. And I'm walking and I would think that it's pretty well at the bottom of the temple steps that they started to feel it and they're unwrapping all the rags and they're feeling their face and bits of their face that had been eaten away, bits of the fingers that had fallen off were there now and, and their flesh looked like a baby's. It's just like miraculous, unbelievable. All of them, they're all touching each other, dancing, just shouting, thinking this is unbelievable. And they go up and they, they show themselves to the priests and the priests say, yes, you're healed. But it says in verse 15, but one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So here's this, this one guy who's an outcast from Israel. He's a Samaritan. They hated Samaritans. They weren't real Gentiles and they weren't real Jewish people. They were a mixture that happened way back in the history of Israel where they intermarried between the, the Gentiles and the Jewish people. And now the, the fruit was the Samaritans and they despised them. More, more so even than the Gentiles. And, and so here was the Samaritan somehow in his leprosy and his suffering had ended up joined with these other nine Jewish people and they were wandering through the street there and they saw Jesus, they'd heard about Him and they cried out and He healed them. He gave them a pathway to healing. But this one guy, he's, he's thinking now, his whole life has been changed. He will be able to go back home to his wife he remembers the day when he left her weeping and the kids holding on to his legs. He can't touch me. Let me go. And he thought that that was the finish of his life. He had to leave his job, had to leave his neighborhood, had to leave all the friends and all the parks and everything he enjoyed all his life because this disease had gotten on him. Now he would been there for who knows how long. Could be 10, 20 years he's been in this pit but now he's been healed. And his first response is to go back and bless the Lord. Forget not all his benefits. So he turned around and with a loud voice, people, he, he wasn't shy about this. He said, God, I glorify you. He was shouting, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he went down prostrate before the Lord. He said, ah, oh. and he blessed God. He worshiped with his whole heart, because his life had been saved by one word from Jesus. And so that is why the psalmist is saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not all his benefits. In fact, Psalm 68 verse 19 says, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. So every day we've got a reason to praise God. As long as we've got breath, as long as we've got a soul, as long as we've been saved, it is an awesome thing for you and I to bless God. Why? Because He has blessed us. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Ephesians is like the book of Joshua. It speaks in past tense. 
God said to Joshua, go and possess the land which I have given you. Past tense. They hadn't even entered yet. And in the book of Ephesians, same thing. Blessed be the God and our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Now, Joshua could have said to God, you haven't given it to us. But God had given it to them. They had to go in and fight and possess what God had given them. So it's the same in the book of Ephesians. God is saying, I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So take up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Take up prayer and praise and go in and take your land. You may find something like forgiveness hard to feel in your life. You feel guilty, feel condemned, easily accused in your thinking. And that's not from God. That's from the enemy. That's the devil. He's the accuser of the brethren. So he's like one of the giants in the land of Canaan, standing on your plot of ground called forgiveness. And so you take the sword of the Spirit and you say, in him I have forgiveness. That's Ephesians as well. And so as you go in and you speak the Word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit makes that a reality inside you and you possess a piece of your land that has been defying conquest for so long. So we follow the Word of God, not our feelings. Just because I'm feeling guilty or unforgiven doesn't mean I'm, I'm not. I'm forgiven. The Word says it. So I believe that Word, even though my feelings are telling me something different. But as I keep believing that Word, speaking it and fighting the good fight to possess what has been given me, I find I, I conquer the land. God lets it stay like that because He wants us to grow. He wants us to be stronger. He wants us to learn how to fight. He wants us to learn how to use the Word of God. He just doesn't wipe the enemy out. He didn't do it for Joshua and he's not going to do it for us. He says, now I've given you the power for you to go in and possess your land. And then there's the land of healing. There's, there's the land of deliverance and freedom. There's the land of blessing. There's all these parts in our land that as we take Scripture and stand on it, we'll enter into the great blessing that God has already given you and I. I'm believing that this year, 2024, is going to be a greatly blessed year for you in Jesus' name. You're blessed with the blessings of heaven and the blessings of earth. Right now, in Jesus' name, bless your people, Heavenly Father. Amen.